0: Welcome to the IT Insider podcast, delivering a true reflection of how businesses are using technology today
1: and in the future.
2: Welcome to this podcast. My name's Richard Holmes. I'm your host. And today we have a few special guests in the studio with us. Um, And I'm just deciding who to ask to introduce themselves first. So I think what we'll do is uh, we'll pass over to mystery guest number
0: one. Hi, Richard. Uh, My name's Glenn Burson. I'm the global CTO of Salmon.
2: Thank you for joining us today, Glenn. And that means that mystery guest number two by powers of deduction must be
1: Hi, good afternoon, Richard. Nice to see you again. Uh, it's Alex Rutter. I'm the Director for Watson Customer Engagement here in the UK.
2: I and welcome both. I, first and foremost, um, we, know who, we know your names, we know your roles, but um, Glenn, could you give us a little bit of background about what it is that you, you do at Salmon, who Salmon are and what your responsibilities are?
0: Yeah, sure, Richard. Um, so my, my responsibility in the Salmon uh, team is technical strategy. Uh, Salmon is an e-commerce services provider, Um, we were launched in 1989, Uh, we were acquired by WPP in 2013. Uh, We're now the delivery arm, the e-commerce delivery arm for uh, the Wonderman Group. Um, We've got a strong heritage heritage in e-commerce delivery, we've been doing uh, e-commerce websites for about the last 20 years. Um, We've done some things in the last few years like deliver the largest um, grocery uh, platform, -platform. replatform. We have delivered a multi-store B2B uh, program for Premier Farnell and um, delivered the largest rollout for a global luxury fashion group. Um, so we've got a pretty strong track record in e-commerce. I think that's kept you pretty busy as well. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so, Alex,
2: what's, what's IBM's interest and involvement in Salmon and, and the work that they do then?
1: So, uh, so, first of all, if I can just take a step back and say, you know, we have a, a wonderful relationship with Salmon. We've had a 20-year um, engagement with them on, on a number of different things and primarily around the commerce environment um, from its initial inception days too, to the product that it is now and version 9 that we're gonna be talking about later on in this podcast um, IBM's involvement with salmon really spans um, the the primary commerce environment um, but as a whole the portfolio covers marketing um, our supply chain and back-end products from our legacy sterling acquisition um, and also the uh, commerce side of business both the commerce platforms or also the order management systems as well And Salmon have been a trusted partner to our joint clients over a number of years, as uh, Glenn has said, in terms of helping them not but implement, but also uh, manage, maintain, and run those environments as well.
2: Fantastic. And and Glenn, is it fair to say that, Salmon have a, should we say, a rich heritage legacy in in uh, the indeed. IBM products? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I've been working um, with the salmon team for the last twenty years directly with IBM. Um, we work directly with the labs, um, so we've got strong connections with the product teams. And as Alex said, we've uh, we've gone through many many deliveries. Um, we've delivered do- dozens of websites um, and platforms on the uh, IBM technology. So it's a it's a it's a really good strong strong partnership.
2: Oh, fantastic. I mean. One of the things that Alex alluded to is, you know, we're here to talk about something that doesn't come around very often, um, but has been, I think, remarkably quick out of the box this time around, which is WebSphere Commerce and a new version and release, which I think is probably causing quite a few questions. It's been greeted with quite a bit of excitement with potentially some of the... Some of the new features, functions, and changes to to expect, and and obviously, I, I should imagine it, it's it's going to open up quite quite a lot of questions to to clients who have you know invested in the technology in the past.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, version nine, which we we're alluding to, um, came out in December last year. Um, it came out two years after version eight, which was a bit of a surprise because um, it had been quite a lot longer. Uh, before the last major version, and I think, um, I'm sure Alex can, can elaborate, but I think it's a, it's a bit of a step change from IBM to deliver features and changes faster, um, and we're certainly seeing that in the roadmap.
2: So is it fair to say, Alex, that yeah, with version 9 coming out, it shows IBM's intent on, on really investing in this section of the portfolio? Uh,
1: yeah, so without a doubt. So this is absolutely investment on our side. and um the main uh, features and functions around version 9 are very much from a technical uh, basis so we'll be going through those later on but i think if we look at what's um, happened in the industry as a whole it kind of alludes to why the version 9 release has happened now and why it's happened in the way it has um, for every uh, business out there today the consumer is now becoming the center of their focus and that's been the way around marketing for a number of years, certainly around um, a number of other systems. But really, the way that a consumer now buys and makes their preferences with any organization is very heavily driven by their interaction, both from a sort of digital front-end perspective, um, how you transact with that, and ultimately the, an organization's ability to deliver and promise on the, the, uh, on, well, on the promise of delivery of the product or asset that someone's looking for. And really, the changes in version 9 are totally focused around that customer-centric environment. How have we changed the architecture of the platform to enable organizations to be more agile? How have we implemented um, continuous integration and continuous development as part of the um, architecture? And really, that's fundamentally delivered in three ways. The first one is around, as I said, this modernized architecture that I think we'll go into, and maybe, Glenn, from your side, we can elaborate on. Secondly, is really leveraging the the legacy experience that IBM have in commerce um, over the last 20 years. You know, we are a leader in the uh, in both Gartner and IDC's quadrants in this space. And finally, and most excitingly, from an IBM perspective, we have infused cognitive technology into the components of the commerce platform that really enable businesses to now um, take their focus and their time away from running the environment and actually. Utilising it to deliver business value and business benefit.
2: That's a pretty good summary, I think, isn't it? Glenn, I mean, can we just come back to the modernised architecture? I mean, we've heard that WC nine supports a modernised architecture. Yeah, how
0: can businesses benefit from from this this new deployment architecture? Well, I think um, I mean we can we can talk in a second about some of the technical aspects, but I think what Alex said was absolutely right. Across the industry, customers want to deliver changes into their e commerce systems much faster and with greater certainty and more reliability and when I say changes they want to be able to take product updates from the vendor in this case IBM um, also they want to be able to deliver their own changes faster into those environments the WebSER Commerce v9 architecture is really built around adopting cloud and faster delivery in terms of continuous integration and continuous deployment um, based on containerization um, so basically IBM have completely revamped the way they deliver software In the past, what would happen is IBM would deliver uh, software packages, which um, either the customers themselves or more commonly through business partners uh, would install and build up environments, um, a a time-consuming activity. IBM take all of that hard work away now and deliver containers fully built and configured. We can take those containers and we can very, very quickly um, build production-like systems and then build customizations on top of those environments.
2: So does that mean if a if a client ends up having a a new product stream come into um, to fruition and market quickly, you, you can you can adapt and change your go to market models and and how you get your products out
0: in front of your customers and and how you engage with them is is that
2: fair absolutely?
0: Somewhere? I mean the the end business benefit is the agility to be able to change quickly, okay, change and adapt and take updates from IBM uh, more regularly to take advantages of the product roadmap that IBM are delivering. Um, they're doing that through containers, um, but what that really means is a part of a uh, delivery pipeline, um, we can adopt changes um, from the business and turn them into reality as running new features and new markets on websites much more quickly and reliably. Alex, anything to add?
1: Well, I, I think just to kind of make that real, I think so for, for some of the customers, if you take a classic retail environment, um, by moving to a microservices architecture, what we've been able to do is the first step of this in version 9 is we've broken out the... Uh, store search uh, functionality from the transaction server. And what that means for a customer is, if you have a retailer and you've got a particularly high, uh, or a particular period of time where search is gonna be hit particularly hard, under the old versions, version seven, version eight, you'd have to continue to rebuild multiple instances of the entire environment to meet that demand. And what we're saying now is that we're able to just create incremental search containers to to meet that demand. So the system becomes a lot more agile and enables the clients to react a lot faster and also in a, in a more cost-effective way.
2: You also mentioned, I mean, you mentioned cloud a few times. I mean, are you finding that this is something that clients in your space with this type of technology, are they, are they looking to leverage some of the benefits of, of, of rapid deployment scalability from a, a cloud perspective?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So um, if you wind back the clock, say, five years, um, customers would say they were too scared to go to the cloud because they didn't think it was yeah. reliable, they didn't think it was secure enough. Um, we are increasingly working with companies, and not small companies, big organizations, which are adopting a cloud-first strategy um, because basically it's uh, more scalable, it's more secure, and it's more reliable to run than in-house infrastructure. So a cloud-first strategy is becoming increasingly common. The Dockerized container deployment model that IBM have delivered version nine plays nicely into that. If you take any of the major cloud providers and pretty much just about any cloud provider provide services to support this and make it much more easy to run um, enterprise scale software like websec Commerce in the cloud. I think Alex also mentioned that componentization, so breaking websec Commerce into smaller parts um, is also an important benefit because it does allow customers to scale, um, update more regularly, and actually deliver um, value across different components Uh, more regularly it's more it's more driven towards a microservices architecture
2: okay and and that scale is it is it limited just to buying patterns and cycles throughout the year or or are there any other examples where where clients are looking to leverage that ability to scale
0: well the abilities to scale in the cloud is obviously one of the key benefits Uh, we work with a lot of customers who hit um, not just black friday but sales like black friday where they have to scale infrastructure heavily for a day when you're running on-premise, you end up owning all of that infrastructure for 365 days a year. Um, when you're in the cloud, you can scale up. You can run that infrastructure for a day or a week, and then you can scale it back down. So I think there's some uh, some really significant cost savings potentially in hosting that customers could have both by adopting v9 and with a cloud strategy. So thank you for that, I'm Just moving on, I, is there
2: is there anything else that, that we want to add before we start looking at yeah? Clients that have already invested in WebSphere Commerce. I, because I'm just starting to to see, you know, the the benefits of you know, that, that nine can bring from a, an adaptability and a scalability perspective. And should customers be considering just that from an upgrade perspective, or other areas of the product and the services? I suppose that we're now we should be calling the product that we should be considering outside of scalability when it comes to, to potentially, you know,
0: how you and why you would upgrade? Um, I would say that there are probably two areas to call out and they're quite different. So firstly, um, there are a lot of technical benefits to upgrading. So if there's a new, new newer versions of all of the stacks and so newer versions of Java, so all of the stuff that the techies will, will love and make them more productive. Um, they've also moved. Uh, IBM have also moved to a new lighter weight application server. This means that um, we can start applications more quickly. We can use less resources, and ultimately make hosting uh, cheaper and the environment more reactive. I- IBM has made WebSphere Commerce very, very API centric. Okay, this means the integration into other parts of the systems. So if you have other microservices that you want to introduce into your architecture, and um, can be done much more easily. We kind of alluded a couple of times to the componentized architecture. IBM have put in a lot of effort in separating the store. So this is a, this is a, um, a kind of architecture known as headless um, in the industry where we deploy the UI completely separately from the transactional components of the system. That really opens up a lot of ability for customers to actually develop their own UI layers, put a, maybe a commercial CMS in front of the product, um, develop more modern types of storefront using, say, uh, single page applications or progressive web apps. Um, all the sorts of things that the industry are desperate to uh, to do to, to, to provide basically better customer experiences. So you're providing a better customer experience, but also from
2: from an internal staff perspective, you're making the products a, a heck of a lot easier to, to utilize. By exactly. Systems, yeah? yeah, exactly. And Alex, have you anything to add there? I mean, I think you know, quite a few great reasons why partners, uh, clients that are invested in the technology today should look at upgrading. But is there anything from from the line of business and from more, a more strategic perspective that, that you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, so I, I think a couple of things to just to complement sort of what Glenn said. The, the first one really is around, you know, the legacy of IBM Commerce. You know, it's it's one of the world's most trusted platforms and and uh, a, hundreds of organizations run on this every single day, if not thousands, but it has always had a bit of a reputation for being quite heavyweight, and as a result it 's fairly industrious. The move to version nine really enables clients to take advantage of that same kind of bulletproof architecture without the heavy investment in infrastructure and services around it that 's needed to to run such an organizational platform. I think the other thing we talked about just quickly was around cloud is that you know um, the IBM cloud has been you know, fairly well established for a number of years now, um, you know last year. Uh, we turned just over 17 billion dollars in cloud revenue the third largest cloud provider in the world now and we are you know that is fundamental to the to the version 9 conversation with a client which is we offer every variant the client is looking for there are some organizations that will want to remain on-premise and we're able to support and, and handle those with partners like salmon to make sure that we can handle that migration for let's say some of our more heavily customized clients But similarly, also now, this is a prime opportunity with the revised architecture for customers to look at moving to cloud-based architectures. So we're able to offer a dedicated cloud environment um, for those customers that still want to move to the cloud and outsource some of those infrastructure-style problems, but maintain uh, an air of exclusivity around their platform for their own performance benefits. And then we also have the ability for them to move to a true multi-tenant environment as well. So there are a couple of things just around cloud. On the business side of things, the, one of the main reasons I think for customers to want to upgrade now is really around the, the kind of the third part that I talked about at the start. So one was the legacy and omnichannel, two was the, the revised architecture, but three was really around the, the integration now of Watson-based services or cognitive-based services into the commerce platform itself. It's the value-added items that we can deliver on top of that. And that's really where the value add comes around understanding a customer journey, and understanding the way you deliver value to the consumer. And so that's the couple kind of things. And to talk through a couple of those, you know, embedded within the technology now are things like um, integration for struggle detection. So not just on the website, how do we transact, but where are customers um, having difficulty completing a transaction? How do we proactively then reach out to those clients, whether that's by um, via telephone or by email, but proactively matching those up? also with things such as um, audience insights you know websites we have a particular retailer in the UK um, who does four times the amount of revenue online that they do in their flagship store it's the biggest vignette they have to their client base yet it's not someone they can physically see so how do you monitor that how do you understand that customer journey and ultimately augment your commerce and your retail strategy around your consumer base so these are things that we're building in by default now, and things that we're looking to do to take commerce into the next generation platform?
2: Glenn, i would be really interested. I mean, you're, you're speaking to end clients on a daily basis. Yeah. With with the journey that, that the product and the brand's going through and the strategy that's in place now, and certainly around things like um, the struggle point, I mean, we've seen things like that in the past of being able to track user clicks around the website, trying to um, trying to find the right, you know, click to proceed or, you know, finding the right, you like, where the heck do I actually convert to checkout in my basket or complete the purchase of an airline ticket or something like that. Are clients coming to you with these sorts of challenges? Is it, is it changing the nature of your engagement?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we don't, we don't just deliver e-commerce platforms. We deliver services for making customers successful on e-commerce platforms and, uh, and all of their ecosystems. So we we see a lot of client uh, engagement around actually improving customer journeys, about reducing struggle, and actually ba- basically optimizing journeys. So this is, this is a really common problem, because if anyone's having any trouble on your website, which is reducing your conversion, that's the quickest way to up your margin, right, is to actually make, make life and the, the shopping experience easier for your customers. I think what's, what IBM have done with version 9, and I think this is the strategy, is basically rather than... Actually, putting more and more function into the platform itself necessarily. I'm not saying we're, the products wouldn't be developed, um, but actually, a lot of the new features uh, being developed as integrations. So, the stuff that Alex um, alluded to in terms of like um, customer experience, customer insights, IBM Content Hub, all of these cloud services will integrate uh, more and more closely with Webster Commerce out of the box, and customers will be able to take advantage of those integrations in order to make their customer experiences better.
2: And so is it fair to say that there's almost this take what you've invested in that you, you know works and then there is this sequential step to how you can augment and add other services and feature function to, to what you've already got?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, that's the architecture that people are aiming towards, something where they have a core set of services and then they can build services around it. Are there any, I won't say top tips because that makes this sound more like a radio show <laughs> 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 than
2: the setup alludes us to. Are there any sort of, points of guidance that that either of you could give to to clients that are already invested in say version 7 or version 8 you know what should they be looking at because this sounds a lot more than just a review of a product that you've already got got installed because there's a next version out there there's 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 a lot of potential and scope i think from both the technical and commercial perspective that you've both alluded to. Where, where should somebody start? What, what's, what sort of things would would
0: Salmon do from a point of view of engaging, shall we say, on that journey with, with yeah, the Yeah, okay. Well, we, we, we deal with the situation quite a lot, right? So this isn't the first major upgrade that's come along, even yeah. though the architecture has changed uh, quite dramatically. Um, but what, what I would say for this particular version upgrade is a lot of it's going to depend on the starting position. So it's worth understanding directly that version seven is end of life, which means that you've got until April 2019 um, to remain in support. So there is some pressure, albeit there is extended support available, there is some pressure to actually start thinking about doing something now. That's a, the that's a first point. The next thing really comes down to where are you starting from, okay? So customers, uh, if, everyone will be slightly different. They'll all be on a slightly different version of web, an existing version of Websear Commerce and have slightly different customizations, integrations, and things they need to consider. I would say at a high level, um, customers on version 8 will be the, in the best position to actually take what they've got today, including any customizations, and moving directly to version 9. The code should be pretty much compatible, and you should be able to do more or less a, what we kind of call a lift and shift upgrade, where basically you move to the new version, put it on the new architecture, and it should, should just work. There will be some changes, so things like um, we alluded earlier to some um, technical changes, things like the persistent models have changed, so there might be some code fixes, but but generally they'll be in the best position. Customers on the latest uh, feature pack of version 7 will be in a similar position, but they'll have some extra considerations. So things like uh, management center technology has changed between version 7 and version 8. They'll need to take account of that. Um, There may be some other areas that they need to address. Anything earlier than that will probably, they sort of enter into the realm where we'd consider perhaps um, conducting a a sort of gap fit analysis. So take a look at the customizations you've created, have a look, do they now exist out of the box, are there any areas of technical debt that you need to address, are there any new um, architectural considerations you want to consider, like putting in an API gateway, um, using CDNs, uh, maybe changing your search um, provider to, to be out of the box all of these sorts of considerations come in when you're on earlier versions of Webster Commerce so um, it can be a reasonable undertaking I would say that a you know what, what you really need to do is take a look at what you've got now and where you want to get to and what your business goals are and then try and align your strategy to that
1: yeah I, I think the, the the general sort of precursor to this is you know the standardized habit of most organizations when a software is an of life is the first default position is we'll just go into extended support and that's really something that we want to avoid with the version seven end of life, primarily because the advantages to moving to version nine are so great. We think they'll outweigh the risks of moving. I think the um, the positive thing is that Sam and IBM are already out talking to a number of our collective clients about how we take people on this journey. Um, you know, I think in some software cases in the past there have been you know some confusion around. What should we do next? I think the clear thing for version nine is that between IBM and Salmon, we have a very, very clear delineation as to what the upgrade path should be, how we can advise clients and how we can work together to ensure that, you know, what is one of the most fundamental systems to any organization can be upgraded in a way that maintains their business integrity, but also, you know, delivers the advantages they're looking for. The only other thing I would say, which we haven't really touched on around version nine is we've spent a lot of time talking around our legacy clients and the people that have that are in existence. The other part of version nine that we are now bringing to market is a true multi-cloud, multi-tenant SaaS software called IDC or IBM Digital Commerce. And this is a perfect starter environment for any new clients or new partners that are out there looking for people that are either starting off on a commerce environment or looking to move into the enterprise space from a commerce perspective. And this platform will truly take advantage of Sort of agile development, um, in time upgrades that will come out as and when it starts. And we are building that platform out on a day by day basis. So, you know, IBM has made the shift now to understand that uh, this application has to move into the next century around apps development. We're making sure that we are embracing, as uh, Glenn said, sort of the ecosystem out there in terms of not just IBM technology, but other API services that can be called um, to make sure this is a platform that businesses can stand on for the next 20 years.
2: Glenn, I'm, I'd be interested in your view as well from from a point of view, as Alex has just said there, you know, potential clients that are new to e-commerce and new to the IBM products and portfolio. Is there anything that jumps out from, from your past experiences as to you know, corroborate <laughs>
0: anything that Alex has just said there? Um, yeah, I'd say for... For, for, for new customers going on to the version nine software that we're talking about, I think there's a um, a really great opportunity given that the architecture that IBM have delivered to truly implement a um, continuous delivery type pipeline. So this is what, what I'm talking about. There is actually making good use of the uh, the architecture that IBM have delivered, putting it onto cloud, putting best practice around software delivery, and actually delivering something that can actually you know give give the business value really really quickly. I think um, IBM have set that up. Uh, and a great way, with what they 've delivered, I think customers who take on that software can really um, can really put a best practice system in place that will deliver value to the business quickly so as as we come to wrap up this podcast,
2: i mean I think one of the things that I'm picking up from this is that obviously a, any partner that's already invested in any brand, any technology around e commerce any changes obviously are, are viewed with you know a not insignificant amount of of impact and and risk from a point of view of you know the the impact on the storefront and, and basically the you know the, the incoming transactions and are there any closing thoughts that either of you would like to share with the audience <laughs> I think we
0: I think we've covered quite a lot I think um, <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, in terms of the storefront, I think that's uh, that's something that's evolving quite fast. Actually, If there's a lot of new technology around there about single page apps, progressive web apps. We probably need a podcast on that separately, to be honest. Uh, we'll get but you I think, back. I, I think I think that's a great a great thing to consider if you're uh, if you're upgrading. And Alex, uh,
1: yeah, I think as we as we wrap up, I think with you know this, there is always an air of trepidation when changes happen. I think the fundamental message here is the change is really worth it. Um, I think that so there are, you know, some very clear upgrade paths, and you know, partners such as Salmon really have sort of gone to market very early with this, with a very um, comprehensive viewpoint as to how we will embark on this journey and the right things to do by clients. I think the functionality that version nine delivers, not just as a standalone commerce platform, but as I said at the start, this kind of tying back to the customer journey, its integration from a Uh, linkage just to the supply chain side of the business but also to the front-end marketing which is becoming more and more important um, really means that you know the commerce engine has to become sort of the beating heart of any organization now and um, if you don't move with it as everything We're, we're, we're watching companies fall away because they're not moving with the latest technology and the advantages that come in this both from the microservices architecture with the cognitive technology means that if you don't make this change, then you will be at a disadvantage. So we're there to help clients make that journey, make that transition, and support them through.
2: Gentlemen, it's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you both for taking the time to come on and uh, and speak with us today. And uh, I hope everybody that's uh, that's downloaded this podcast and tuned in uh, has found it equally interesting. There'll be show notes to go alongside this podcast. Alex and Glenn, yeah, IBM and Salmon. Uh, I think uh, everybody's here to to help you on your journey. So. Thank you very much for your time once again, and uh, we'll speak again soon, hopefully.
0: Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks, Richard. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to the IT Insider Podcast. Be sure to tune in next time.